Another interesting discussion, it's getting colder and colder every day out there. You know it, I know it. There's no avoiding it. We know what happens in this part of the world as we get into this time of the year. Uh, it gets very, very cold. And, uh, you know, you think about uh, people that uh, don't have a warm place to go, and I, it's just, uh, it terrifies me each and every year when we get into this situation. So we're dealing with uh, a couple of different factors this year that are going to make it perhaps uh, one of the worst years in a very, very long time. Joining us to tell us about that, we have Megan Reed, who is Executive Director of uh, the advocacy group Vibrant Communities Calgary. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. You know, um, when we talk about, uh, you know, people in this part of the world going through extremely tough times, we know, you know, the cold weather can really exacerbate all of that. But let's just break down why this year is, um, you know, almost a perfect storm of awful. Uh, Of course, we know the pandemic is really a big factor in that, right? Absolutely. I love that you used that term, perfect storm, because it's no one uh, thing we're concerned about, but rather the confluence of a lot of things. So as you know, it is, we have the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, which hit our city particularly hard because we had some economic volatility related to oil and gas before the pandemic Mm -hmm. even. Um, You know, and before the pandemic, we knew that there was 189,000 Calgarians that lived in poverty. And we know that there's a lot more that live in poverty now. But now we combine this in this current time Um, with a still pretty precarious environment in terms of COVID-19, particularly in this fourth wave. And then we are seeing close to 5% inflation rates in terms of food and the affordability of food, as well as skyrocketing energy prices. And in our field, we call that energy poverty, combined with the food prices. um, For example, in Alberta, it's, uh, you know, The majority of consumers, 57%, acknowledge cutting back on meat since the start of this year. If you think about what that looks like in relation to a high energy bill, we have a lot of Calgarians making decisions between heat and eat, and that's a real problem. Yeah, I mean, you talk about energy poverty, and, you know, you're talking about heat and eat. Um, We're getting down to the things where these are not discretionary items at this point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the essentials of life that people are having to make decisions about. Absolutely. And to have to make those trade-offs um, is, is a really impossible situation for people. So how do you, if you are the head of a family, tell your children that you are not going to have supper for most nights this week because you need to pay your rent and shelter is the priority over food that week? And unfortunately, that's a story that we're hearing more and more. And that doesn't leave, you know, that doesn't consider all the other sort of basic necessities or even the things that help us live a relatively well life. How are you seeing it affect people already? Uh, are you seeing people make some really, really hard decisions and take some very drastic steps already? Absolutely. So from a data perspective, we are seeing um, sort of an increase in the, in the number of food assistance providers across the city. The rate of, of those organizations has skyrocketed, as well as usage. We're seeing... Um, you know, again, the, the sort of increased wait lists for affordable housing in our city. Um, and anecdotally, you know, we, we did a study last year just around the impacts of COVID-19 for people who live in poverty or who are close to living in poverty. And the mental health effects that this is having for people just cannot be underestimated in this time. It is um, an incredibly distressing situation for somebody's mental health and physical health to having to make these trade-offs continually. That's week after week after week. So it's not a one-time occurrence. Um, and that is definitely something that we are quite concerned about at Vibrant Communities Calgary. You know, Megan, and you take a look at this, and, you know, 
some people might be thinking, you know, in, in other circumstances I'm thinking of, where, you know, if we can get through this, if we can manage to make it to this date or whatever, but really there's no end in sight here when we're talking about inflation and we're talking about energy prices and all these things. Mm. Um, you can't really sort of say, okay, this is just a rough patch. It looks like this could be long term. That's such a great point. And, you know, what we know and what we've heard a lot um, is that COVID-19 exacerbated existing problems in our systems. And to really get out of this in a long-term way, we have to change the systems that hold poverty in place in our city. We're really lucky today to wake up to a new council who, um, you know, I believe has spoken uh, quite well about the importance of social policy. And there's a lot of things we can change in our systems to make sure that um, we're not having to treat these as one-off crises, that everybody can live well. So we can focus on affordable housing, keep investing and actioning that mental health strategy, have employers implement a living wage, which is more than a minimum wage, um, focus on social procurement policies, index um, uh, income supports, which were de-indexed, um, which meant that they weren't keeping pace with inflation. So these are all things we can do so that we don't continually find ourselves in this situation. You know, Megan, in some of the, the background I've been doing, I mean, just the numbers that you're talking about here, I mean, it's just staggering. In Calgary, for example, your group estimates almost 200,000 living in poverty prior mm-hmm. to the pandemic. Uh, yeah. and, and it could go up, you know, as much as 50% as a result of what we're seeing now. So we're not talking about just a handful of people on, on the fringes of society here. That is a massive, massive number of Calgarians. It's huge. And I think, you know, one thing that we um, sometimes think about when we think about people living in poverty, we think about that person on the street or the person who's outside the grocery store asking for change. You know, I guarantee you, poverty is happening, um, you know, behind the doors of your neighbors, in their bungalow, in your ward. We did something called ward poverty profiles um, of each ward across the city and looked at what poverty looks like in each ward. Poverty exists in each ward. It exists in the nice neighborhoods, or what we generally consider the, you know, the well-off neighborhoods, yeah, sure. it's everywhere. And behind the door of that, that you know, four-bedroom bungalow, there are people who are making decisions about heat and eat that night, and that is not acceptable, and it's hidden. And that's a scary thing, because people might not be attaching to systems that can provide them help as well. Um, you know, you point out that obviously your group advocates for the, you know, supports and programs constantly. That is sort of what you do and support this community. But we're seeing other groups come on. I mean, chambers of Commerce, I know, have been reaching out to the federal government. Business groups have been saying, hey, you can't pull these supports at this point. We're not in a position where we're past this. So it seems like there is some added momentum behind the push to have the government realize that we're really in a precarious position here. Absolutely. So people who live in poverty also go to work and they also, and businesses need the community to thrive in order to be successful. We've always known that the solution to uh, poverty is making sure that we take a cross-sectoral approach. And it has been really fantastic to see groups like the Business Council of Alberta, like the Chamber of Commerce, be really active in making sure that we can keep our community well and that coming out of this, we can prosper. We don't need to settle for a baseline that is just surviving. We can really thrive coming out of this pandemic. And it's been great to see those groups um, really advocating for those changes on a policy level 
and then also be really active on the ground as well. Um, so Megan, I don't want to end the discussion without giving people a way that they can get involved and try and make things better uh, if they can, if they're in a position to do so. I mean, we can all, you know, um, put leverage on our on our government officials and, and make sure that they're doing what they need to do. But what can citizens do to try and help our, our neighbours and our affiliate community members, you know, through a very tough time? Absolutely. Well, there's a few things. Um, one is you can go to our site, enoughforall.ca, um, and take the poverty pledge. There's a list of actions you can take. But, you know, the, the most important thing I would say is to get to know your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. Go next door or go down the hall, and if you know that person, keep going till you find somebody you don't. It's really the strength of us connecting as a community and helping each other out. Um, that is going to get us through this. The other uh, thing I'll put in people's ears is to make sure that you just remember that 211, so if you call 211 or go to the 211 website, has a lot of resources. So if you know someone who's struggling with mental health, with food insecurity, with a housing payment, uh, if they're about to miss their rent or their mortgage, call 211. They have a lot of great supports. And if everybody knows that number, you can start to refer people right away. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Megan, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Megan Reed, who is with uh, the advocacy group Vibrant Communities Calgary, the executive director of that group. And yeah, if you think about it, um, we know uh, that the pandemic has caused a lot of added stress for a, a lot of people. But then you throw on top of it, I mean, look at the price of gas. They're talking a dollar fifty in the next few days here in the province of Alberta. And then, you know, heating your home, they've been telling you to brace, be ready. Now that your furnaces are kicking and your bills are going to be high because natural gas is going up. So things are going well for the province overall. We know that benefits the bottom line, but it costs us more.